I am deeply concerned about unanswered prayer. I'm equally excited about answered prayer. I'm deeply concerned that so many people are praying with so little result. I am excited about the fact that that can all change. So I want to talk about prayer more and more and more because if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear. Say, I will hear. See, the issue of prayer is not just trying to wrestle answers from God. It's not to just use your faith to get what you want or what you need even. It's whether or not God is listening. I will what from heaven? I'll just give you the answer from No, I will first, before any answer is granted, I will hear. I will hear. A beautiful graphic that Doug put up on the website. And if you haven't went there and looked at scriptures to pictures, it really brings the word alive. Each promise has a visual, and I love that. And obviously, a whole lot of other people love it, too. And they come to see the Scriptures to pictures. One of them, Scriptures, is, is a, this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Do you understand that God hearing the prayer? I want to make a statement based on that. Well, let me finish that scripture. He heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of him. I call that, and, and I've coined this phrase, I know that I know that I know. And when you know that you know that you know, then you can give that problem to Him. You can release that pressure to Him. You can give that person to Him that you're praying for. Because you know that you know that you know that He's in control. And the reason I first started thinking about those thrice knowings that is, is when faith really comes into perfection is Brother Vepelis. He used to pastor a church just down from our church in Sulphur Springs. And he wrote a lot of gospel songs. And he was a wonderful man of God and man of faith. And he was conducting a revival service in Hawaii. And what a nice place for the Lord to send you. You know, I've never felt led to go to Hawaii. But if he ever sends me, it would be better than Iraq. I reckon. Can you say amen? I would rather, I would rather go to Hawaii than he was in Hawaii conducting a, a crusade, a revival service. And he got a phone call from their family doctor. And the family doctor said, your son has had severe headaches. We sent him to the hospital to get checked out. A neurosurgeon has an x-rayed and gave a prognosis. And there is a huge tumor pressing on his brain. And all of his bodily functions threaten to be shut down. Unless we go in and have surgery. But if we have surgery, there's only a 50-50 chance that he will survive the surgery. But if we don't have surgery, there's a 100% reality that all of his, because of the pressure on the brain, all of his bodily functions are going to shut down. Now, immediately fear comes. There's no doubt about it. You can't, if you love somebody and you get that kind of prognosis, fear is going to come. 
So when Jesus said, fear not, it doesn't mean he expects us to never, ever have to deal with fear. He means we're supposed to deal with it in faith and in trust. Amen? Don't ever try to become fear less in the sense that you pretend that no problems exist. I, I, really, I really don't like the teaching that says if you don't confess it, it's not going to happen. Well, if it's, not, if it's happening, it didn't have, you know, if you didn't have to confess that. It come on your body. The sun does it here in Florida sometimes, to, especially fair-skinned people or reddish-haired people of, uh, in that respect. But, but it's there. But that doesn't matter. It is what it is. Doug put that up there too. Praise God. A good job of it. Hallelujah. It is what it is. Don't deny what it is. You, your faith in God is not afraid to face the giant and face the reality. Hallelujah. God is real. We don't run from trouble. We run to God when the trouble comes. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it. We're not running from trouble. We're not running from the devil. We're running to God. There's a difference. Faith is involved when you run to God. And the Bible said that, that, that we would be high above the intentions of evil from our enemies. The name of the Lord is a what? A strongly defended high tower. Praise God. And God will, God will deliver us. Listen carefully because everyone in this room needs this message. I'm deeply concerned about unanswered prayer. And I'm equally excited about answered prayer. So I'm not here today to condemn. I'm here today, amen, to try to instruct in righteousness and say, we've got to get in a place, and I'm including me, where we see more prayers answered. Because the needs are so very great. And that's why I'm coming down hard on cessationists that say the day of miracles is over. Because if the day of miracles is over, the day of answered prayer is over. And all of the prayers that we offer before we preach and before we eat and after the service are in vain. Because a miracle is simply a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. And for God to answer the smallest prayer, he has to intervened in the normal course of human affairs. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So I'm deeply concerned about so many people that qualify to pray that are not seeing answers. And there's some reasons. Number one is, you have not, because you ask not, you don't make God your source. You use Him after everything else has failed instead of going to Him before anything else. I'm glad when you went to the hospital for that Kidney stone, we all know about it, so we can talk about it. Can you say, man, uh, those things will put a big man on his back. My son had them. I know they are extremely painful things. Amen. I'm glad before you went, we prayed. Because we didn't know when you went what they were going to find. Amen. We didn't know what they were going to find. It could be as it was with Jason Pogue. Jason Pogue waited and waited and waited and tried to endure the pain till he could take it no longer. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, ended up in the hospital. And they called me to the hospital, and I went to the hospital because his appendix had burst. It had ruptured, and all of that poison was in his body, and they didn't expect him to live. But he did live, praise God. You know why he lived? Because God, not just my prayer, but his, my, all the other people called in to pray. God answered that prayer. 
And see, that's why I'm excited about answered prayer. I'm concerned about unanswered prayer because we have a God who said, Amen, you have not because you ask not. It's not that we ask, don't ask at all. It's that we don't ask up front. See, we didn't wait to see what was wrong with him. We prayed for him before he went. So if he had a burst appendix, it wouldn't have mattered. We've already went to God before we went to the doctor. I would strongly suggest before you take the doctor's word for everything that you go to God first. And let him have the last word. If you want God to help you. Because doctors can't do everything. They're wonderful. They are wonderful people. They pronounced him dead. They pronounced him dead. They were going to pull the sheet over him and say, he's done. You know, we give up. We've done everything that we can do. But somebody was praying somewhere for this man. And God woke him up. And God raised him up. And sitting right here today is an answer to prayer and a wonderful miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was diagnosed with leukemia, eight going on nine. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just knew I was tired every day of my life. I became jaundiced. It was affecting my liver and my eyes. The whites of my eyes were turning yellow. The diagnosis was he will die. Especially in the early 50s, they didn't have the technology, the bone marrow transplants. And even if they had them, we had no insurance at all. So the doctor said we can put him in the county hospital. When he gets so bad, we can get him in on an emergency basis. And that was for the purpose of giving me morphine and helping me to pass out of this world as painlessly as possible. Not to heal me and not to cure me. I had not one medical procedure to try to combat cancer in the blood. Not one. But I did go to church with my mama, my daddy. And in that meeting, they were praying for the sick. They were anointing with oil. And there was an evangelist there praying for the sick. And see, the power of that church wasn't just that anointed evangelist. We wrap it all up in a person rather than Christ who is with us always and God who is available always. That church was praying before the evangelist ever came. He walked into a Holy Ghost revival. He didn't bring it with him. He walked into it. My pastor, Brother Joe Woodward, he preached all over the place, and he was the pastor of that church, and he was coming from the other side of Florida, 92. There was no interstate. 92 was running in front of our house in, in Mango Sefner area, 579 exit where the Hardee's is. That's where I grew up. It wasn't always a Hardee's. Amen. It used to be the, 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 Ven- the Ven- I started to say the Venable Mansion, but it wasn't no mansion. It was the Venable household. He was driving from the East Coast over, and they were praying for him. That church prayed for the preacher, and the preacher preached, and God moved because they were people that were getting answers to prayer. Amen. Brother and Sister Hodges was part of that church. I didn't know them. I was a little fella. But they were in that church when these things were occurring. The women met every morning to pray in that church. Amen. And the services were going Seven days a week. Look at somebody and say, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Listen, you start getting answers to prayer. 
the time you don't think you have? The energy you don't think you have? You'll find that you have both the time and the energy. When God appeared on the burning bush, what, I don't know what Moses was getting ready to do, but he, 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 he put on the brakes. <laughs> he said, I'm going to turn aside and see this thing. Amen. God starts moving in manifest presence. People, people come. They want to get in the presence of God. They want to see answered prayer. We've had so many false revivals where a few healings took place. And people came from all over the United States and all over the world to go to Lakeland because they heard God was actually showing up and showing out. The guy leading the revival was not dedicated. And it'll come out, be sure. Regardless if you're leading revival or not, be sure. Mark it down. Even to the hurt of God's own cause, He will not allow sin to flourish without dealing with it. It'll come to light. And the things done in secret shall be shouted from the housetops. You can't keep secrets from God, so let's just get right with God and get real with God so we can get answers to prayer in our life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But people came from everywhere. Why? Because there is, a, there is a vacuum of manifest presence of God among Christians. And of all places for a vacuum to exist like that among Christians. And used to, we as Pentecostals and full gospel and crazy-matics, amen, used to, we claim the power. They don't have it. We've got it. We are full gospel. But when it comes to manifest answers to prayer, you're hard-pressed to find deliverances. It's like the devil said, you know, they, can't, they ain't got enough power or authority to cast me out. So I, it wouldn't be fair if I possessed anybody with the church as weak as it is. You think the devil thinks that way? No, he says, I'm going to utilize this. All they have is education. All they have is psychology. All they have is their theology. But they don't have the power. That, that They don't have the authority. If they have it, they won't use it. And, and to make up for not using it, they come up with a doctrine that says God doesn't do these things anymore. Well, you can't find that God in the Bible. You can only find Him in a church that has that vacuum of power. But you can't find Him in the Word of God. You can find a God that said, He that keepeth Israel never slumbers. He never sleeps. You can, you can find, I am the Lord God of Israel and I change not. You can find Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can find, amen, go and preach the gospel and heal the sick and cast out devils. You can find, as my Father sent me, so send I you. You can find more than the twelve. He anointed another seventy and sent them out. Can you say amen? You can find tongues after the day of Pentecost. And you can find them verifying that people have come to Christ and know Him as their Savior in Acts chapter 10. Hallelujah. So, here we are in the 21st century, uptown, with it church, relevant, seeker-friendly. But if you've got a kid like I was dying of cancer, you're in trouble. That's my concern 
about unanswered prayer. But here's my excitement about answered prayer. Jesus said, whatever you ask. Now, number one, we ask amiss to consume it on ourselves. You know what that means? It means I'm not at all concerned about God's will. I'm deeply concerned about getting my way. And when you want your way more than his will, you can't claim this scripture. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Amen. That means the prayer, all of the prayer, all of the faith, all of the energy, all of the fasting, all of the stuff you put into trying to get God to give you what you want instead of what he wills is all in vain. Amen? You have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not. Everybody say unanswered prayer. See, the devil will have you question God, accuse him of unfaithfulness. He wants you to know it's not me being unfaithful. What was the pattern prayer? Thy kingdom come. This is not just when... when This reaches into the coming of the Lord to set up His earthly kingdom. But you're praying in the present tense, thy kingdom come. And before it comes in the world, it has to come in you and in me. I want to explain the kingdom of God and demystify it to you. Amen. The kingdom, this mystical kingdom. No, it's not mystical. It's not magical. It's practical. Kingdom in the Greek, in the English means the same thing. The area... That a king rules in absolute, undisputed authority. That's his kingdom. Where he rules in absolute, undisputed authority. That's his kingdom. And Jesus said, when you pray, here's the pattern for every prayer that you pray. You, don't, you can pray the Lord's Prayer, but you have to apply the principles of that pattern prayer. It's really not the Lord's Prayer. Jesus isn't praying in that prayer. He's addressing a question the disciples ask Him. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen? Teach us to pray. He said, when you pray... Pray like this. Begin with our Father. Acknowledge that... How many is going to see the Star Wars movie? I like Star Wars. Can I go with you? We'll double date. We'll double date you and your friend and me. Yeah, amen. And we'll share popcorn and all of that. I went to see some Elvis Presley marathon because it would give me that much time to sit with Pamela in the back of the theater. I, I wasn't crazy about Elvis, you know, but I, it was, it, you know, I thought Pamela likes Elvis. She don't like him no more since she met me. But anyway, um, anyway, amen. We're going, my mama takes us and drops us off in Ebo City at a theater down there showing three Elvis movies back to back. I thought I'm going to spend five hours plus holding Pamela's hand. I might even get some sugar. At the intermission, I don't know. We'll see. Can you say amen? The Ritz. Yeah, yeah, before it became X-rated. <laughs> but it's one of those theaters. And my, my mother dropped us off. But my mother, she loved Elvis Presley. 
Oh, Lord, have mercy. She said, I'll drop you off and I'll come back and get you at such and such time. <laughs> she pulled up. She said, you know what? I hadn't been to a movie in a long time. I thought, oh, Lord, no, 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 no. <laughs> she sat on one side. I sat on the other. And there went my sugar. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Uh, don't take your mama to a movie with your girlfriend. You got that, son? Have you got it? Don't take your mama. Okay, well, don't give, don't give her the opportunity. Because mama would have followed us. <laughs> she, you don't get away from mama once she gets in there with you. Now, listen to me real, real close here. This is so important. This is so important. And this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. He heareth us. So you can know that. He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petition. That's no so faith. So let me get back to Hawaii. Here's a man hearing that his son is in critical condition. That he may not live through the surgery. But if they don't do the surgery, he will surely die. He's literally got a death sentence, a death warrant. And he said, I just knew in my heart that God did not want my son to die. I knew it in my... See something about the Holy Spirit letting you know. He searches the deep things of God. And that's why Paul said, I will pray with my understanding. But i got to pray beyond that to discover the will of God and allow the will of God. I will pray with my understanding. How many know we all know how to do that? If you're broke, you need money. So what are you going to pray for? Money. It's okay to pray for God to meet your money need. But you may have a need beyond money. He may want to do something in your heart and in your life that will take care of that lesser need. Man needed healing of leprosy, but what he really needed was get the pride out of his heart. So before God healed the leprosy, he had to go wash in a river that was considered a dishonorable river. If it was at flood tide, it was a dirty river. And he said, if there's, isn't there more honorable rivers that I could go dip in? I'm ready to humble myself to dip in an honorable river, but don't let me go down to this dishonorable river. used to be that way with Pentecost. People didn't want to leave the big church uptown to come down to a church where revival was flowing because I'll go down there and hobnob with everyday people, and I've been used to hobnobbing with doctors and lawyers and such. Can you say amen and businessmen? And I'm going to have to go down there with those bunch of crazy people that shout and holler and carry on to get healed yeah yeah because god would probably won't let you get it until you're willing to hobnob with everyday people because god resists the proud come on you can't pray and get god to move and have pride in your heart at the same he resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble can you say amen and when that man humbled down what good advice he gave him amen his servant he said listen if he asked you to do a great thing wouldn't you do it Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, if you asked me to do something great, I'd be glad to do it. I'll show my humility by doing a great thing. That's pride playing possum. Amen. Amen. Nothing but pride playing possum. 
and pride will play possum. You've got to root it out. <laughs> if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves. Can you say man humble themselves? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. Repentance is part of qualifying for an answer prayer to get God to listen. You know what he told ancient Israel? Because they were accusing him of unfaithfulness. It's so easy to accuse God. Blame the devil or accuse God. That's what your flesh will do if you let it. Come on. It must be God's unfaithful. Devil made me do it. God never answers me. God never hears me. I'm deeply concerned, Brother Taylor. About why Christians with a heavenly father and a blood sacrifice to give us access to him unrestrained access to him can't get an answer from him when we need it. I am deeply concerned. We talked about this today. Sometimes people take people's problems on themselves. People are always asking someone to pray for them. Try this sometime. I'll pray with you. And find out if they even have a prayer life. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? A better way to do it would say, you pray and I'll agree. And you'll find out real quick. Do you have a relationship with God that involves any faith at all? Do you have a relationship with God that you have any confidence at all? Can you say, man, do you have a relationship with God? Do you? Well, that's the initial question. Do you have a relationship with God? You know what he told ancient Israel that had a covenant with him without a relationship with him because of sin and compromise? My ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. You see what the issue was? They're praying, nothing happening. They're praying and losing battles. My ear's not heavy that it cannot hear. My hand is not short that it cannot deliver, it cannot save. But your sin has separated between you and your God. That's why you can't just go to Washington, D.C., a bunch of Christians, and pray that God will save the nation. When he's asking that bunch of Christians doing that praying to turn from their wicked way. You're, you're saying that all those Christians are wicked? No, I'm saying that when I want my way instead of His will, my way becomes wicked. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. The rule and domain of a king. The question is, who is the Lord of your life? That's a too usually, loosely used word. Because Lord means ownership, master. Someone said if he isn't Lord of everything, he's not Lord at all. power of prayer, listen to this carefully, is not in the person who prays. It is in the God who hears. i got to say that again. Some people are looking at me like a calf at a new gate. And I'm glad because that means you're paying attention. The power of prayer is not... Oh yes, it's not in the... 
The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Why? Because he's in right standing with God. And he's got the heart of God. He's got the ear of God. He's praying in the will of God. And it avails much. It has little or no effect. No, it avails much. The power of prayer is not in the person who prays. It is in the God who hears. Are you praying a God to a, are you praying a prayer that God will listen to and honor because it is in his will and you are in his will and he is the king of your heart. Beth Ellis said, I prayed. And see, when you're, when you're subject to the will of God, sometimes His will is going to be just what you want. He said, I prayed. I said, Lord, deliver my son. I'm not there. I can't be with him. I'm going to fly home the first flight out. But, Lord, I pray you will touch him now. And he said, the only thing I can tell you is that I knew, that I knew, that I knew. That God had it. That God was in control. That my son wasn't going to die. He was going to live. And his knowledge was in the God who here. Not in the man facing the issue. It wasn't how, how fearlessly he could pray. Or how faithfully he could pray. But am I praying in the will of God. So that I know that I know that I know. This is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, everybody say the Lordship of Jesus. Everybody say Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You have to be in a state of surrender. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you're in a state of surrender... When we prayed for Alice in the hospital, they delayed the surgery. I told Pamela, I said, you know something? This delay in surgery is part of the answer. They've delayed it for a purpose. It was scheduled at 7 a.m. I was there at 9 p.m., 8 p.m. till 9 p.m. They, they were supposed to take her the next morning, but something happened and they didn't. Well, when all those things begin to occur, I say, Lord, it wasn't your will that she go into surgery at 7 a.m. We'll see what your will is as this thing unfolds. Hallelujah. It was so good to talk to Dale. I remember going to visit Dale and we rehearsed that. Hallelujah. When all the doctors, all the king's horses and all the king's men. Hallelujah. All the doctors at, at this brand new hospital. The nice one that I love to sit in the atrium, I guess you call it. I just go out there and sit. Nice place to meditate. Wasn't so far to drive. I'd take my Bible and just go sit in there and study away from everything and in that kind of atmosphere. But they, they all, all of the specialists scratched their head. They couldn't find in order to fix what was wrong on the inside. And I remember going down there, and I knew when I got out of the car, I just, just seeking the will of God for Dale, and I knew that I knew that I knew. They're going to find it, and they're going to fix it, because God's going to tell them what it is, so they can fix it. Hallelujah. He's going to use them, but the glory is going to go to Him. Hallelujah. Amen. And I remember walking into the room full of faith in my heart, and, and what do you do when all the doctors come out and say, I don't know, I don't know, and the specialists say, I don't know. I don't know. Well, God knows. He knows. He knows. He cares. Hallelujah. Amen. As we prayed in that room, were you there with me when we prayed? I know what we prayed. Amen. And I prayed with Dale. I said, Lord, help them right now in the name of Jesus to find it and fix it. 
find it and fix it. They can't fix it if they can't find it. You know what the problem is. Show it to them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. See, I like to meet people where their faith is. Dale's faith was God will help me through them. He will help them find it. He will help, they will, he will help them to fix it. Guess what? The next day, they found it. And then they fixed it. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. Beth Ellis got on the first plane with peace in his heart. Because when I know that I know that I know. If we know we have the petition, we don't have to wait and see. Faith just reaches out and accepts. Amen. You don't wait to see after you pray. If you know you're praying in the will of God and... You will always have a witness of the Holy Spirit. And you know what that witness will be? Peace in your heart. Hallelujah. How do you know when to keep on in prayer and when to just start praising? When the peace comes, start praising. There's no need to keep petitioning when the peace comes. Can you say amen? He had peace in his heart because he knew that he knew that he knew that God had it. He went first plane out of Hawaii. He had to make a connection, then landed in his hometown. He caught a cab, didn't go home, went straight to the hospital, came walking down the hall of those scheduled for surgery in neurosurgeons. Neurosurgery. He's walking down the hall, and the neurosurgeon and his family doctor both came walking the hall toward him. And they looked sad. And that's not a good sign. They looked serious, and they looked sad. So when, he, when they got approached, they began to apologize. The neurosurgeon and his family doctor said, Vip, you know, if there wasn't a dire emergency, we would not have contacted you to come home from Hawaii and from your meeting. You know that, don't you? He said, of course. They said, well, we just wanted to clarify that. Because when we went... To take the preliminary final x-rays before doing the surgery to know precisely where to go in through the skull. The tumor, Pep, it was there. We got the x-rays. The tumor's gone. Elton John gets better. Go ahead and give God a hand clap. I know that I know that I know. How do you know? Because I'm surrendered to His will. I'm surrendered to His will. I'm surrendered to His will. I'm not just wanting my way. I'm wanting His will. And when that peace comes, it could go either way. You still wouldn't accuse God. Amen? You say, Brother Rumble, I, I, I couldn't imagine it going any other way. Well, you need to imagine God being in control no matter what happens. The devil going to torment you and have you accusing God of unfaithfulness before it's over. Your kingdom has to go before his kingdom can come. And if it doesn't go, forget praying in his will. When what you really want and I really want is my way. I'm going to turn that around and show you something. My son... And it happened when I was fatigued. I mean, I was fatigued. I had wore down. I had wore out. I was running here. I was running there. And when you're running here and running there, your prayer life suffers. And my prayer life was suffering. 
and and uh, and I just wore out. I got home from the church. I'd had one of those counseling sessions where the husband and wife come in for counseling, and instead of and I, I remember praying, Brother Taylor, I said, Lord, touch this man, touch this woman, give them a tender and forgiving heart. Lord, and open their heart as they open their hearts and minds. Give us wisdom today because I know that you're the, you're the champion of this marriage and there is a solution. But it's not in man's wisdom or man's way. It's in your wisdom. And when I looked up, I said, okay, we'll begin with you. And the man began to state what was wrong with his wife. I think they had an end-time marriage. Wars and rumors of wars. And neither one of them had a surrendered will or a tender heart. They just had anger and angst toward one another. The Bible said if you bite and devour one another, guess what? After a while, you'll be consumed of one another. And I didn't know how bad they could bite until you got them in a room together telling them what was wrong. So he didn't just state a problem, include himself as any of the problem. He just stated what was wrong with her. See, generally speaking, I confess, he did it. Amen? Passing the buck is the flesh's pastime. In the garden... Adam follows Eve in sin. God chases Adam down and said, What is this that thou hast done? And what's his first reaction? What is the flesh's first reaction? The woman you gave me. If you hadn't gave me that woman. <laughs> fist bump, fist bump. <laughs> That's our flesh reaction. You gave me that woman. If you hadn't gave me that woman, none of this would have happened. It's your fault for giving me the woman. You can't go nowhere with God accusing and blaming. The blame game has to stop. The woman you gave me. That's not what he said when he gave him to her to him. He saw that woman coming. He said, Oh my, 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 my. This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. <laughs> amen. Right after he said hubba hubba. Can you say amen? It's not in the Bible. I added that. Aaron is left in charge while Moses goes up to get the law. Aaron, the high priest, is in charge. Moses has been gone a long time. It didn't take long. They're going to build them a God they can see. Even though they saw his miracles getting them out of Egypt. And they melt down all of their jewelry, all of their gold into a mold that guess who made for them? Guess who? They came to Aaron and said, make a, you could, you're, you're a craftsman, Aaron. You can make a mold, and we're going to have us a God. Moses may not come back, and we need a God we can see. You heard about the little boy that said, came into his parents' room in a thunderstorm, and he'd been jumping in bed with them every chance he'd get, and they were trying to break him to sleep on his own, had a beautiful room, and had all these, you know, beautiful things a little boy would love in it, and, but he wanted to jump in there with mom and daddy, used every excuse, came a bad thunderstorm one night, and he was lightning and thundering, and you could hear the wind blowing on the outside, and here he come trotting into the bed. His daddy told him, says, son, he said, go on back in there. Going back in your room and go to bed. There's nothing to be afraid of. 
He said, but I'm all alone in there. He said, well, God's in there with you. God's everywhere. God's in there with you. You know what he said? He said, I want a God what's got skin on. I want to see him. Amen. Little boy says, and this is flesh. Look, kids are honest. This is flesh. Used to, they had, in the house, they had a, a room to put all your canned goods and stuff you had canned up. And, and it was a room right off the kitchen. And it had a, a pantry. And it, it had a one 60-watt bulb or 40-watt on a, on a string that you pulled. You have to walk in the dark room and pull the string. And so they're cooking supper. Mama tells the little boy, said, go in the pantry and get me a can of peas. He walked up, opened the pantry door, dark inside of there. He inches in, grabs and pulls, and nothing happens. He could leave the door open and see inside the can of peas. But he don't like the dark, man. He's standing, looking in there. And she said, what's wrong with you? Go on in, get me a can of peas. He said, Mama, it's dark in there. She said, you don't have to be afraid of the dark. Jesus is in there. So he looked inside and said, Jesus, if you're in there, would you hand me a can of peas? Everybody wants a God with skin on. Can you say amen? And when they couldn't see the God that, that brought them out of the land of Egypt, they were going to build them a God in the form of a golden calf. And they brought all their gold to be melted down to Aaron, a craftsman. And Aaron carefully crafted a mold, a cast mold, to pour that molten gold in so when it cooled, a golden calf would come out. And the golden calf came out and they began to worship it and would have sacrificed. See, once the devil gets you off course, off truth, off the focus on God, he can take you just about anywhere he wants. He was taking them into deep idolatry. He was taking them into a sin that God hated, the sacri human sacrifice to get blessings from this God that they could now see. He brought them out of Egypt with miracles, signs, and wonders. And they forgot every miracle, sign, and wonder they wanted God with skin on. Or an idol that they could see. That's why the Bible said, Thou shalt make no craven image unto me. You don't have something like, Oh, listen to me carefully. And he fashioned it for them because they were determined to do it. And when Moses came down off the mountain with the ten tables of the law, they were worshiping this God. And there was the sound of all of this noise. And he said, what is this? What's going on here? And he came to the man he left in charge. I'm going to say something to the preachers in pulpits today. You're accountable to God. I'm accountable to God. I'm accountable to you, but I'm accountable more to God than anything else. And I will look you in the eye and tell you the truth on Sunday morning. Because I've seen every hard look that can ever be given in 43 years of ministry. You can't scare me with that face. It's pretty scary, but you just can't scare me. Into compromising because you're looking at the floor, or you can't make eye contact, or you can't handle the truth. Because if you can't handle the truth, you can never be free. 
You will never be free. You will stay in deception and bondage until you're able to handle the truth and apply it to your life. I don't want nobody to soft soap truth to me. I want. I don't want them to put no sugar on the top of it. I want them to give me the unadulterated truth because if you continue in my word, you will know the truth, not just up here, but experientially by applying it. And the truth will make you free. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we need some people set free to serve the living and true God. Free from the world's influence. Free from the weakness of the flesh. And free from the deception of the devil. Can you say amen? To serve in victory the living and true God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you continue in my word. Hallelujah. Things will change and things will happen. So I'm wore completely out. Anybody ever been, just been tired? Your mind is fatigued. Your body is fatigued. You're just emotionally spent and you're, it's beginning to affect you spiritually, whether you know it or not. Because, listen, your mind and your body and your spirit are not compartmentalized. They are interwoven together. That's why the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit who can bear the answer is rhetorical. Nobody. Nobody. You can talk in tongues, run the aisle, shout and prophesy and have spiritual dreams. But if you get your spirit wounded, if you let something get in your spirit, man, amen, you won't be able to bear up anything. Everything will get you down. I've always, no matter how high people jump in a service, I want to see how straight they walk when they hit the ground. Because you can't live on that spiritual high. You've you got to go out and go to the house. You've got to deal with your family. Everybody say it. You've got to deal with your employer. You've got to deal with life. And you need something real from God. Hallelujah. That's why I'm deeply concerned about unanswered prayer. Equally excited about answered prayer. Have not because you ask not, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss to consume it on yourself. But if we ask anything, uh, this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, you'll never discover His will until you're surrendered to it. And I had to surrender to God's will. I decided I'm going to apply every faith principle I know to get my son healed. And he was hurting. He was saying, Daddy, Daddy, I'm hurting. Now, don't ever do this. Don't let your lack of faith keep anyone from getting help when they need it. Like some parents who let their children die because they refuse to get medical assistance. Don't do that. That's presumption. That's not faith. And for heaven's sakes, if you want to suffer, go on and suffer. But don't let somebody else suffer because you don't have enough faith or there's something between you and God. Amen? Your daughter got sick. You got her some help. We prayed. You prayed. And God, I believe, helped them to help her. And it wasn't as bad as we thought. And thank God for that answer. So I decided I'm going to pray. And I prayed. He got worse. I decided the devil's in this. And he was in it. But he was after my faith. 
He was after me through my son, not just to hurt my son, but to hurt my faith. I'm going to be praying for people that are desperate for an answer. That means I need some answers in my life. I need some answers in my home. Not just when I come to church under an anointing. I need to prove God where I live. Come on, this is the husbandman is to be the first partaker of the fruits. Listen. <laughs> so I decided I'm going to bind the devil, and I bound the devil. And I decided I'm going to plead the blood, and I pled the blood. I prayed to God. I bound the devil. I pled the blood. And now he is writhing in pain. And I said, all right. Because I wore out. I said, all right. We're going to the hospital. And what I was really saying, I'm going to get real honest with you. What I was really saying, God, if you ain't going to do something, I am. Now, the worst thing you can do is be mad at God when you need his help that bad. And I was mad at God. But on the way to the hospital, your flesh will get mad at Him too. Don't look at We're not supposed to be. I understand that. It's dead wrong. But how many, how many live in a human body? You, you haven't been glorified yet. How many, if you opened your shirt, don't open your shirt. None of you, men or women. Don't want there wouldn't be a, a, a blue jumpsuit with a big red S on it. There's no superman, superhuman person in here. I was wore out. My flesh was weak, and my spirit wasn't that willing. <laughs> Amen. You're, you know, if the spirit's willing and the flesh is weak, you can still do some wonderful things. But if your spirit ain't very willing, if it's getting to your spirit, man. And I thought, Lord, this is not just his pain. It's my test. And, but I'm not going to let him suffer. I'm going to get all the help I know because they have, obviously the prayer isn't being answered. So I took Matthew. I put him in the back seat of the car. We were about five miles from community hospital. Went down Fowler. Went straight to the community hospital. Took him into emergency. They come out, and he's really hurting. He's hurting. They, they tested in the lab. They come back, and they said the doctor will be here shortly. But we've already got the result from the lab. And you know how shortly means in emergency room. That means when they take care of everything and get around to you. Said he'll be here, but said his blood count. The white blood count symbolizes that something is so wrong in him. Something, it would be this high if he, he didn't have appendicitis, but it would be this high if he had acute appendicitis. Something is wrong inside of him causing all of this pain. So we're in the room waiting for the doctor to come. He's going to read that chart before he gets there. Oh, i got to tell you this. Before we went into that room, when we roared up into the parking lot, I said, son, can you hold on before we go in? About three minutes. All this is going to take. About three minutes. About three minutes. And he's such a sweet boy. He said, yes, daddy. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm truly sorry. I'm wore out. I don't understand why that he's suffering. I'm his daddy, and I want to do something about it. And I know you're a heavenly father, and you understand. And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Because he had dropped in my heart when I pulled into the parking lot. Are you going to put your son in the hands of men 
without me. And I thought, no, Lord. I may not understand, but I am not going to just trust doctors while accusing you or without you or being angry with you. I need you. He needs you. We need you. And I took him in, and peace came over me. I took him in. A man had hit a pole. A drunk driver went through the windshield, heard people talking. He was in a room just down from us, and he was screaming in pain. He had so much alcohol in him, they couldn't give him pain medication while they worked on his wounds. And he was screaming, Oh, God! Curdling. Blood sounded like someone being tortured. And I, the peace of God just came all over me. I knew that I knew that I knew that no matter what was going to happen, God was on it and God was in control because peace. Now, just, are anybody, are you understanding? I want to tell you this works in the time of trouble. It works under pressure. It's God's word. It's God's truth. It's God's principles. And we need some answered prayer. And you never need it more than when you're in a crisis like that. And I began to thank God. I said, Lord, I'm so glad we know you. I'm so glad we have a God to call on in trouble. I'm so glad you're with us. And Lord, no matter what happens. Now see, you may not understand this because if all you want is your way instead of his will. When that peace comes, you can surrender to his will because you know God's got it. God's in control. You know God's got it. God's in control. Hallelujah. It's a peace that passes all understanding. And it's achieved by surrendering to His will and trusting Him at the same time. Praise God. And I knew my son is in good hands. One thing is for sure, his pain is going to stop tonight. I hesitate to tell you this because you don't want to hear it. But I can't teach you this without an illustration, and I've been through it, so I'm using my experience as an illustration. If God had taken my son home that night, and his pain stopped with that peace in my heart, I wouldn't have questioned or accused God. May I stand here? Thank you. I'm not talking about the peace you understand. Everything getting all right, no more problem. I'm talking about peace that passes understanding. I'm talking about a surrender to God's will and knowing that He loves me and He loves my son and that He's working for eternal purposes, not just temporal purposes. Abraham was told to take his son, his only son that he loved, to a place where God told him. He got up there and said, Make a sacrifice unto me. Abraham looked for something to sacrifice, and then he realized it washed over him. It washed over him. It washed over him. Did God want Abraham to kill his son? No. Did God want Abraham to be surrendered to his will above any other love or person in his life? Yes. Did God take Abraham's son? No, he, he resents and condemns human sacrifice. God provided a ram. Hallelujah. But there was a surrender, not only on the part of Abraham, 
because Abraham was way up in years and his son was about 19 years old. And I'm going to tell you something if you're 80 or 90. Your 19-year-old can handle you. If he don't lay down, that is the type of Christ, not my will, but thine be done. Can you say amen? He had to lay down willingly. Abraham didn't force him into being tied up and, and in a sacrificial position. He willingly did that. Amen? And God and, and said, as far as Abraham was concerned, his son was as good as dead. And God said, no! I don't want that! But he brought him to a place in his life. He said, Abraham, you can't be the man I want you to be until you... You want my will more than you want your way. And the day you do that, guess what? He won't require that you give up so much if you're willing. I thought he wanted me to go preach in the mission field. I got ready to sell everything we had. Wouldn't amounted to much, but it was all we had. It would have got us over there and trust God with the rest of it. We were preparing to go to Jamaica to the mission field. Got right down to the wire. I was ready to go. My wife was ready to go. All we had to do was pack. And the Lord checked us. You know what He told us? He said, I didn't want you to go to Jamaica. To the mission field. He sent me to another mission field. Tough place. Tampa. Amen? Tough town. Suffer springs in Tampa. Suffering springs. For all those years. He said, I didn't want you to go to Jamaica. But I wanted you to be willing to go. And since I see that you're willing to go anywhere that I want you, (laughs) I'm going to send you to Tampa as a pastor and not as a missionary. Glory to God. Forty-three years ago in January. Would you like to hear the rest of the story? Get my son out of trouble? Get the pastor back in right relationship with God? I said, Lord, I thank you. No matter what happens in this hospital tonight, I thank you for your peace, and I thank you that you're in control, and I thank you that that pain is going to stop in my son one way or the other. He's not going to lay here in pain. The pain is going to stop. Whether you take him home or heal him, raise him up, the pain is going to stop here tonight. There's going to be no more tormenting him with pain. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And suddenly, my son sat up. He said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm thirsty. And I got him water. And he drank it down. He said, Daddy, I'm still thirsty. I got him another glass of water and he drunk it down. I said, are you in pain? He said, the pain is gone. Daddy, I feel fine. And you know how I knew he was fine? He said, Daddy, I'm hungry. He hadn't been able to eat for hours and now I'm hungry. I said, son, as soon as we get out of here, we're going, to find, we're going to go get you something to eat. <laughs> Amen. He was anxious. He was sitting down on the side of that thing he'd been laying on. The nurse came in. I said, nurse, I said, my son says he has no pain. He's drank two glasses of water and says he's hungry. She said, hmm. You know, <laughs> she, she plopped the temperature thing because he's running the temperature on top of everything else. Infection somewhere, it tells you. And put the temperature thing in, it come back perfectly normal. 
The doctor finally got in with his chart. We told him what happened. Said, my son is fine. My son is fine. There's no, he said, he said, listen, this chart says that, that for his blood to give this kind of report is someone with acute appendicitis or something worse. There's trauma inside. I said, but he's in no pain. He said he feels fine. He's thirsty. He's hungry. The fever is gone. He said, I'll let you go home under one condition, that you promise me that tomorrow you will take him to the doctor and get him checked out. I said, I promise, I promise, took him home. Boy, did he eat. I tell you, that kid could always eat. He's right now, five foot eight, tallest venerable I've ever met. Amen. <laughs> Get a family gathering, we look like bowling pins. Amen. <laughs> Except for him. He eats. He eats. Oh, does he eat? And he burns it off. He, he weighs 142 pounds at 42 years old, and he eats like a horse. I hate him. Not, you know, not hate, hate. You know what I'm saying. Next morning, I kept my promise. I put him in the car. I took him to the, <laughs> I took him to the, to the a clinic near the, near the VA hospital at that time. We walked in. I gave him the doctor's report. <laughs> he looked at it, and he went to work. Boy, he stemmed to stern him. He checked everything. I mean, he, he did everything he knew to do. He's back there for about 45 minutes, and the doctor come out, and he looked sad. He said, sir, I, I read the report, and something must have been terribly wrong, but I can't, sir, I can't find a thing. <laughs> I said, that's okay. It's okie dokie because he's all right. Can you say, man, he's just fine. And then I laid it on him. I said, we really prayed for him. And the doctor's eyes just about crossed. You know, prayer don't change something like I just saw. I thought, you don't know the God who's listening. Can you say, man, you don't know the God that we were praying to. You don't know the God who willed him to live and not die. Willed to raise him up, not leave him down there. Hallelujah. Had to teach his daddy some humility and patience and surrender. It's an element in prayer we don't hear much about is surrender. And I surrendered my son to him. He healed him. Because you can never pray His will be done if you always want your way. And that's why there's so many unanswered prayers. Amen? When you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come. Jesus be the Lord of all the kingdoms of my heart. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. What you will. See, we've been taught the believer's authority instead of how to surrender to God's authority over us. We've been taught to use our faith to get what we want and never to consecrate enough to His Lordship to surrender to His will. And guess what? All of that faith teaching... All of that teaching on our authority. And we have a vacuum for the manifest power of God in the form of answered prayer. And God wants to resolve that issue. This is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. 
And if we know that He heareth us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired. Nick, you probably heard that message when you were a younger man back at the old building in Sulphur Springs. Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) One thing for sure, if you come to this church, you're not going to find a new and different preacher preaching a new and different message because that's the popular one. You're going to hear the same truth because it's the Word of God. And we don't need a new, edited, new, improved, new flesh accommodating version of the Gospel. We need the full surrender that will let God move according to His will. And believe me, He won't want to hurt you. He wants to help you today. You can trust Him with your child. You can trust Him with your job. You can trust Him with your business. You can trust Him with your health. You can trust Him with your life and your soul. Hallelujah. Have you learned anything today? Praise God. Elton John gets better. This is for the Word of God. It's not for me. Give the Lord a better hand clap. Amen. As we close, I heard a delightful story <laughs> little little children pray pray some wonderful prayers did you really learn anything today do you want to give more to god just give more to god trust him with it and say lord we want your will here today and we're believing that what you want is going to happen hallelujah praise god we want you in control i don't want to be in control i want god in control he said i prayed for a boa constrictor But my mother, but I did not get one because mom is afraid of snakes. And she's been praying a lot longer than I have. Can you say that? You don't always get what you want. But if you'll trust him and believe him, you will always receive what he wills. And you will never discover his will until you surrender to it. Jesus Be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all the kingdoms of my heart. Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give. Amen. If the selfishness and this desire to be little gods and wanting someone to teach us how to get what we want when we want it. Have you ever seen a child in a store? I want it! You see Charlie the Chocolate Factory? But I want a squirrel. But Daddy, I want a squirrel. Squirrel will bite you. But I want a squirrel. Well, for heaven's sakes, give her what she wants. That's spoiled children. There's some kid in a store we were in. I wasn't going to touch that child. I'd never do that. That child needed a good old-fashioned whooping. Are you telling me to whip my dog? I'm telling you to do anything you want to do. But I'm telling you what the child needed. I'm not telling you what you ought to do. I'm telling you what the child needed. Did you ever get a whooping? You did? Look at it warped your man and messed you up. You're a messed up man. No, you're not. Brother Taylor, you was a sweet guy, buddy. But when you was growing up, 
Bible said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction drives it far from him. Did you? You got whippings? Boy, that's why you're so messed up. You must not have read that book that said it's going to mess you. No, it's going to teach you that crime don't pay and sin has consequences. And if you do wrong, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to face the reality that there's consequences to the wrong. And there'd be a lot less young men in prison today if they had been raised in a home with a role model and some discipline. And that's statistically undeniable. Now, don't go home and whoop your kids and say, I said to do it. Because I'm just now trying to make friends with all your children so they're not afraid of me. Actually, I'm trying to make friends with everybody so you're not afraid of me. But I want you to surrender. Because when that peace comes, that peace of surrender, that peace of surrender. In the back of the ambulance after the stroke I had, thought came to me that could have caused me to really worry that peace had already preceded it so it was something that was just blown away immediately my mama told me one time said son take care of yourself before she died said you are the backbone of this family i've had my wife tell me a thousand times honey we need you take care of you we need you i have a needy son that i have to help him with his finances as far as arranging him I have to take him he doesn't drive and and he doesn't understand and I have to work with my son Matthew because he has he has a disability mentally sweet as he can be but he needs his daddy and I love to spend time with him and he depends on me he said after I got out of the hospital we were walking the dog I got out and my dog wanted to walk I'm taking the dog for a walk my son taller than me, bigger than me, and we're walking the dog, and he just stopped, and he said, grab me by the neck, and he put his, his, his nose in my neck, and he said, I love you, Daddy. I like it when a 42-year-old still calls me Daddy, <laughs> drops the formality. Anybody can be a father. It takes somebody special to be a Daddy. Amen. And he said, I've been wanting to do that ever since you got home. <laughs> Amen. I said, well, just do it when you feel like it. It's fine with me. I love you too, son. In the back of that ambulance, I thought, if I'm gone, who will take care of Pamela? Who will take care of Matthew? Who will intercede and, and talk with my oldest son and let him lean on me? Who will do that without me? But that peace was there. And suddenly I thought, God will take care of Pamela. God will take care of Matthew. And God will take care of Alan. And God will take care of the church. God will take care of everything. When that peace comes, you just surrender. I said, Lord, I wasn't praying to stay. I said, Lord, whether I stay, see, surrender, just let God be God. Let His will be done. But if He wills you to stay, ain't no stroke going to take you. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God. When you turn Him loose by praying, 
Thy will be done. Praise God. And then the peace of God just comes over you. I said, Lord, I can go or stay. And I thought about being in a nursing home. I'd been in there with my dad so much when he was in there for about three months before he went home. I, re- I remember those young people laying there, stroke victims that couldn't move. Young men, 50 years old, amen, victim of a stroke. And they're laying in a bed with all of these people that are disabled and and. Uh, been there for several years and that's all they had to look forward to i thought lord if i'm in that condition either heal me or take me home one or the other it's up to you now i'm in your hands and i have the peace of knowing you're in control god made a decision hallelujah an executive decision that went beyond what had happened to me in the circumstances of life he decided i don't want to take you home now so i'm going to heal you and raise you up hallelujah praise god and that's exactly what he did and he gets the glory for it Because the power of prayer is not in the person who prays. It is in the God who hears. And if He hears us, we know that we have the petition. There's where faith comes up in us. Can you say amen? Will you stand to your feet today? I've kept you over time, but I put up a Christmas clock and I can hardly see it. Now I can see it. Oh, Lord, I'm 40 minutes past quitting time. Do I get paid overtime for that? No, no, that's all right, son. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody else is at the Golden Corral. I am deeply concerned when prayers go unanswered. I'm equally excited about the prospect of answered prayer. Because when we start praying and God gets moving, hallelujah, say it with me, who has a God like our God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That can be verified. But it's when we start receiving answers to prayer, the manifest presence of God in the midst of His people. Glory be to God. That's why He said to ancient Israel, And call upon me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. Can you say, man, call upon me, Jeremiah 33, 3, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Eye has not seen, ear has not, nothing I told you from the word or my personal experience. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, and believe me, I got an imagination, but, and you have too, but it's never entered into the heart of man. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What God hath prepared to them that love him. But He hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. It's not about heaven when we get there. It's about God answering prayer and delivering right here. Can you say man? Glory be to God. Now unto Him who, see, the power is in the One who is listening. Glory be to God. Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. I will pray with my understanding, but I won't leave it there. I will also pray with the Spirit. And i got to add this P.S., one thing that was occurring in that emergency room. When the peace of God come, I didn't even know how to pray any further. 
because the peace had arrived. I knew he was in control, but I didn't know specifically what he was going to do. So when you don't know how to pray any further, you defer to the Holy Spirit. He didn't give you tongues so you could join some Pentecostal clique and say, see, I fit in. Come tie my bow tie. Can you say amen? Amen? No, he gave you the Holy Ghost when you get in that condition. Amen. He knows the will of God. He searches the deep things of God. And the Bible said when you defer to him, he prays according to what? The will of God. What? So in that room, while they're doing all this stuff, I'm just... Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And when you pray in the will of God, you're going to discover the will of God because that prayer is going to get answered according to His will. Praise the Lord. And my son is home, and he's healthy, and he's happy. And when he has a need, he wants daddy to pray because he knows the God I'm talking to is a faithful and good and gracious God. Hallelujah. 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 How many glad he left me to be your preacher? I'm glad he left me so I could preach. Hallelujah. Amen. How many expecting some changes to come? Amen. Is God telling us something, showing us something? Amen. I've never had so many bouts with, with issues in my body as I've had since I've dedicated myself to see the Lord heal and deliver and set free. It's like the enemy jumps over time trying to afflict me, and I have to fight the good fight of faith to keep, amen. Honestly, I, it's easy when everything's okay to preach this kind of stuff, but when you're going through something yourself, you've got you to apply it, and you find out it works. And you're not here speculating. You're here declaring, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you join hands together? God's going to do something in this little church with this little group of people. This little group of people right here. Hallelujah. This little preacher, this little church, you and I and our families, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There's a vacuum for what God is wanting to begin right here. And you can have a church of 10,000, but if God isn't manifesting Himself, and people aren't receiving at His hand, and we're not seeing God intervene, amen, that's all it is. All you have is what man can build with the money that comes in. You can see stone, stained glass, and steeples, but you can't see God move. You can't sense His presence. And we need His presence and His power like we've never needed it before. And God needs us to trust Him for it so that His name can be separated, amen, from the world religions that are worshiping false gods. Let the God that answers by fire. Let the God that answers prayer. Hallelujah. It's not just the fire. It's the God who heard the man when he prayed. Hallelujah. Let Him be declared the true and the living God. Oh God, that the Muslim population in America might know that Jesus is Lord. Come out of the blindness and the bondage. Lord, that the Hindus may know that Jesus is Lord. Lord, Father, manifest Yourself to Your people. We declare Your great name. Father, we praise you. 
restore what the thief has stolen from us in the name of Jesus Father let's lift him up in song before we leave here let's just give him praise in this place 